Hi folks, Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another podcast, and I've got my good friend Jason Nunley with me here. How you doing, Jason? I'm awesome. All righty, man. So what do you want to talk about this week, this week in tech or whatever is going on in the world, life, general? Well, obviously we have to talk about Sony, and we have to talk about all the other nastiness that comes with that, but I wanted to talk to you about the questions I get. I was about to say the stupid questions, but they're not they're not stupid questions. They're just inane to me and you. Um, every time this time of year, every year this time of year, people start asking me questions about uh, it's end of year for business, it's Christmas time, gifting, toys, technology. People want my input. Um, they still think I'm a computer guy. You know, the, you're in tech. You have to know these things. Yeah, if it you're in tech, happens, you're, you know how to do computers. And you know how to do computers. You work on computers, right? But yeah. I do know a guy who reviews a lot of stuff. You know a I guy thought, who knows a guy who knows a guy. I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. I, but you review a lot of stuff, and I thought you and I should get together and talk, talk a little bit about uh, the toys, the gadgets, uh, mm -hmm. and quite frankly, you and I both do a lot of crap on computers. We should talk about um, good buying decisions, both for business and for personal purposes. Yeah. Well, let's get into uh, North Korea. North Korea and the Sony, the Sony shutdown of the interview. Yeah, I. It's uh, yeah. First of all, I had absolutely no interest in watching that movie. It was going to be another terrible uh, yeah. pineapple adventure take five. Uh, a bunch of dudes got together, smoked a lot of weed, and wrote this terrible script, and then decided to to make a, a, a movie out of that. Um, but now I kind of want to watch it just to piss off Kim Jong-un. <laughs> it's interesting how many people really are rebelling against it. Like People are like, I'll watch that movie and pay for it. Let's screw them. And, and uh, it's interesting the the you know it, it you know it could be uh, it could be a new way to sell think of it this way maybe it's Sony's plot on a new way to get you to watch a movie they say it's going to be censored and then you know everyone's like we're going to watch it we're going to send in five dollars and stuff for Ebola and we'll watch it and then Sony's just going to be like okay well you know we'll go ahead and release it and then later we'll find out the whole thing was a fucking ploy. Uh, it'd be neat if it turned out to be a, uh, although I think at this point the Justice Department might have an issue with it, it would be really neat if it were in fact a gimmick. But <laughs> there seem to be some serious issues going on. Number one, Sony has some corporate secrets that they're very concerned will be exposed if uh, they don't cater to the terrorist hackers. And... Um, I, that's bothersome. You know, imagine you're a Sony stockholder at this point, which obviously, let's be honest, that's who they're really concerned about. That's who they really want to protect. I, I have a hard time imagining they're concerned just about the safety of employees. They are a Japanese company, which I think is also important to talk about. They're not, a lot of people are irritated uh, as if it were, an, you know, they had some American patriotic duty. Um, they're not an American company, which makes them also more, likely to, uh, to suffer consequences. There's a lot of interesting stuff about North Korea and what they do. You know, there's stories of uh, Kim Jong-il's regime kidnapping Japanese actors and there's all kinds of horrible stuff that happens in that region. This, uh, I, I really think at some point someone's going to have to put a boot 
in, uh, in this North Korean regime. I, I wish it would be China. I, I wish China would step up and take care of this problem since they're the ones protecting them. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what the American government does at this point. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. I mean, I, I think, you know, we haven't seen any emails that have been released lately. And I think what's happened is they probably had a back channel to Sony and, and basically said, look, we'll quit dumping your emails on the public forum if you don't release that film. That could be the only motivation I could see to them giving up $90 million in production for this uh, film. Um, I mean, those we've already seen some pretty extraordinary private emails being shared. I can only imagine what Trevor Tro Treasure Trove is in all of those emails. And there could be some pretty salacious stuff between people's mistresses, um, people's whatever uh, comments about Sony's politics, like what they think of Obama or something. That thing, that thing's like a ticking time bomb. And so maybe they just told them, look, well, if you dump the film, no more emails get released. And you haven't seen any more emails to get released. So, No, I they, think it's obvious that it's a case of uh, cyber terrorism, and they obviously cater to this... Uh, to this group of hackers, because the, whatever they have, it's worth a hundred million dollars. <laughs> the damage that you could do to Sony—I mean, it's already been—it's already gotten a little bit of damage to it. But the damage—I mean, those emails—I mean, it looks like it looks like the a lot of celebrities and people had access to the high levels of Sony's management, if not their CEO. I mean, the guy could be saving his own job. But, I mean, he could be talking to, you know, I mean, between talking to girls online, maybe cheating husbands, things. I mean, those emails could have just freaking everything in them. Uh, even plans for future movies uh, and stuff are in them. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot It's a lot to have to write off. Mo I think most studios would go bankrupt if you wrote off $100 million. But, or at least they used to have that. Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's whatever's in those emails. I mean, I, I certainly, like, you're probably the same way. I wouldn't want anybody to read them. some of the stuff I've said on emails privately between friends or, or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I don't run a multi-billion dollar fortune company that, you know, I'm responsible and behooving to investors either, so I probably wouldn't care as much as someone else does. But... Yeah, it's, it's it, you know it's the kind of it's the kind of thing where if they if at the way the emails are coming out if they keep coming out I mean Sony's just going to be crippled at least in its movie division they'll have to change the name just out of embarrassment. <laughs> well, the interesting but, thing is obviously that's what we've seen so far, which is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I've actually at, just to let you know I've actually actively avoided reading news about this. I, I don't want to participate in the in the um, I, and quite frankly, I find the news uh, reporting agencies that have that have used information leaked by hackers who are working for uh, for a state-sponsored terrorist attack uh, or state-sponsored. We'll call it blackmail. I'll quit calling it terrorism. It's not terrorism. It's blackmail. Um, the threat of killing people on American soil is terrorism. I, I'm well, a little they threatened by that. Threaten, wasn't there a thing where they threatened? To have a 9/11 sort of on American soil, yeah, they threatened to uh, yeah. to attack movie theaters, and and yeah. that's the part that, quite frankly, I find most disturbing. Personally, I, it, the American theaters that chose to close their doors, or that closed, refused 
uh, chose to refuse to, to show this movie. Um, I, I find that very bothersome. And it, First of all, I don't think that North Korea has terrorists on American soil. That I don't think they could have followed through with that threat. It, no, but one, one element of that conversation is, though, is you always have the copycat wackos, and the copycat sure. wackos would be like, you know, coming out of the woodwork, and they'll be like, well, yeah, I'm going to do that too. <laughs> that's true. And I think uh, it doesn't help that we you know, we recently had um, a case, speaking of wackos, we recently had a case in a theater, the theater shooting, uh, the Batman. Um, was that was that a preview, or was it the... Um, was it was the, the movie, Batman. Yeah. It, it was... Um, but it was the premiere, or was it just showing a random night? I can't. I remember. believe it was the premiere. It was the opening. It was the premiere, I think. So it was the opening of the movie. That's got to sting, and that's got to that has to be in the back of of theaters' minds. You know, had there been any murder, uh, attack, terrorist activity at all, it, yeah, the it, theaters it, get stuck with it. In fact, the theaters in the Batman situation, from what I saw online. The judge ruled that they could have a class action going forward because the theaters had to know at some level that there was a potential for that to happen. They should have took better security measures. But it's like, what? What do you? You know, you come to the movie theaters now. You're gonna have to pass through a metal detector. Even this guy, I think he got in the back door through someone else or something. Um, but they were found liable, and I think they probably had to pay some money. And no one wants to do that again. No. So, you know, in the theaters, I mean, well, they may be hurting. Um, you know, I mean, Sony's a real loss when it comes down to it. I mean, they can just show another movie in the theaters. but And for the know, consumer, let's face it, it was not going to, probably was not going to be a great <laughs> film. I mean, there's a bunch of pot smokers don't get to watch the movie now. Um, yeah, they just but, have to go home and get, you know, eat pizza or something. I... Yeah, God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> not like they, not, the, not like, they, like they leave the house to go to the theater anyway. So after, actually, when this is all said and done, it's really a windfall for for a takeout pizza, for delivery pizza. <laughs> it's really a, a windfall for uh, for home delivery. Keep pizza the stoners at home. <laughs> you know that's that's really what that's really what theaters should do to bring people back to the theaters. Have have bongs set up in the chairs and and have hookah things. <laughs> It has digressed. Oh, of people so sit the whole day getting stoned, and you know it's in Colorado and California. Of people sitting, they're getting stoned all day. They'll never leave the theater, and they'll eat like all. I mean, think how much popcorn you can sell to stone. It can sell a hundred dollars a day of popcorn to one pot. Yeah, you make so much money. <laughs> you make so much money. I think I think we just came up with a billion dollar idea there, Jason. We need to go out and. Get us some movie theaters and then put hookahs. California, hookahs. Oregon, uh, Washington, D.C. recently. Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Definitely, definitely Colorado. So, all right. the uh, It's that time of year. People start asking me, uh, what Are kind of gay? computer should I be? Oh. What's that? Yeah, no, no. That happens in uh, the rest of the months. This is December. So... December comes along, and I, so here's two questions I get. The first question I get is, I'm buying a computer for my kid or my college student, or it's it's normally someone in the family that that needs a computer. Um, 
And the second question is, uh, it's end of year for businesses, so same thing. And I always encourage people to capitalize on the Christmas season discounts because come mid-January, there's nothing left. All the deals are off the shelf. Um, business prices resume to normal, which are normally inflated. So uh, what are you seeing this year, and, and do you think it's any different than every other year? Is there, what, what are they looking for? What are people looking for? Yeah. Uh, let me ask you that question, but let me dial back just really quickly to what we were talking about earlier. I do believe that, you know, we've been waiting for cyber terrorism to really take a foothold and do something. I think the Sony case is the 9-11 of cyber terrorism, and we're going to see more of it. And it doesn't help their caving because it's going to encourage every little shithead in the world to, to start, you know, hey, really? Whoa, we can shoot down movies. Um so, uh, except guys like me have been dealing with this since like the nineties. Yeah. but I think I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna finally become a reality, um, and somebody just got a really good blueprint from the Sony experience um, of what you can do. I mean, the thing about the Sony experience too was, you know, companies like Snapchat were connected to those emails, so it wasn't just about screwing Sony; it was screwing whoever emailed Sony. I mean, can you imagine sitting around knowing you emailed the Sony CEO and you're like, oh, man, I used the N-word in that email. Oh, that's going to that's gonna eventually go. Um, I sent the CEO my naked pictures. Oh. So um, so I, I really think this is the forefront of the new cyber terrorism. I mean, it's been going on for a long time, but I think this is a new turning stone. This is a new 9-11 Pearl Harbor sort of thing where... Um, where we're entering that zone where all of our lives are online and all of our lives can be held uh, hostage online. So, so we make three three points. One, uh, 1990, I believe it was 99, we were attacked uh, by a rather sophisticated hacker. It was, it was us. There were some ISPs in the southeast that were attacked. I think... Um, Seems like it was Earthlink or Mindspring was one of the other companies. I know it was somebody at Georgia Tech University was uh, was involved in some of the email going back and forth about this guy it was just beating us up, giving us a really hard time. And I collected a lot of data, a lot of information. Called the FBI, tried to be helpful, tried to explain that this kind of behavior was not just a nuisance. This was this was the kind of person that was seeking to do real damage to people. And the FBI came to my my business and they basically told me. Um, tough. We don't really care about you. you know, it, if it had attacked a government institution, then we might be interested, but you know, you're a private company. Um, this is your problem. So I destroyed everything. Uh, dramatically changed the way I approach security in my business. Haven't had a similar circumstance since because I've changed the way I approach uh, security in my business. And, and it was around um, six or eight months later, they finally reviewed the logs I gave them they found it way more interesting because they realized that the guy was using private internet service providers and systems that they had hacked in hosting uh, co-location services and were actually attacking military institutions, which they found completely uninteresting until somebody decided that this might be a problem, that maybe stealing nuclear secrets was actually of some concern. It, this is a long time ago, and... The government has consistently been uninterested in in the security of individuals. You know, if you get your information stolen, 
they're not that interested in helping you out. You get your identity stolen, they're not that interested in helping you out. There's really very little top-down interest in personal security. Um, it, I, I, it's interesting to me that until people get hacked, and I was the same way. I ran an internet service provider. It was a technology-based business. We were very sophisticated until it came to avoiding hackers or defending against hackers. And, you know, this has been something that I've been talking to people about for a long time. That there, I'll give you one example, banking. There is no security in banking. There's just not. You know, checking account numbers, you get an ABA routing number and a checking account number. This is a string of numbers, and virtually anyone in the world can print a check and process it. And unless someone catches that before the money is gone, it's just free money. And there are all these processes that should have been hardened a decade ago are need to be considered now and should have been considered before now. And Sony is a prime example. You know, Snapchat is they get exposed in this email scandal, but the funny thing is, you know, Snapchat's a prime example of someone who didn't care about security. They were told by a, a security hacker nearly a year before this third-party uh, website that allowed people to post Snapchat photos captured tons of nude photos. Um, I, I, it's interesting to me that no one takes this seriously until they personally get attacked, and then suddenly security becomes a big issue. And Sony's a big public company, and so now this is on everybody's tongue. But this has been a problem for a long time. I've been watching hackers from uh, Russia, hackers from Eastern Europe, hackers from... Um, I, To be honest, I haven't seen that much coming out of mainland China, but lots of stuff coming out of Asia. And I've been defending against this for more than a decade now in my endeavors. And it's interesting that companies as big as Sony, companies as big as Snapchat, took no interest whatsoever in cybersecurity. And interestingly, Sony doesn't take any responsibility for how slack they were yeah. protecting those email. And nobody takes responsibility for the fact that they basically opened doors. Um, and Snapchat, you know, Snapchat exposing those nude photos, they take no responsibility for that. Well, you know, we're victims. You're not, victim, not, you're not a victim when you were told a year in advance this was a problem. Well, that's why the Justice Department settled with them on that what is it, like a 99-year probation that they're on or some shit? Well, and I tell you, you know, one of the guys that uh, you and I both know that I, I think has one of the right approaches to this is, uh, is Robert Scoble and his idea that there's no, there is no privacy. And he just, yeah. he lives wide open, and he's got his stuff just all over the place. He talks about personal things in a way that most people wouldn't dream of. And uh, there's something to that. There's something to taking that power away from the uh, the cyber terrorist. Well, you know, and then you shouldn't put something on an email or a text message that you probably wouldn't send to your mama. Um, or a Facebook message, which I posted about not too long ago. If you're in a group Facebook message, you shouldn't understand that's not a private conversation. Yeah, the uh, you know there's there's Mark Cuban's uh, thing and a few others I guess they're coming around now where they don't store your your conversations or your. In fact, Mark Cuban says when he talks to the Sony CEO now they use his uh, 
they use his app and it pretty much whatever you say disappears. You know, I, I've told a lot of jokes to a lot of friends that taken out of context look really bad. Um, and I think we all do that. Um, especially if you were to take it out of context and cut it up. You wouldn't see the whole thread of, you know, what the bit is. And so, um, so I think, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely weird. You know, I think a lot of these kids nowadays are really adapting to it. They're using Snapchat. They're using services where their messages can disappear so that colleges can't hurt them, future employers can't hurt them. I think they're pretty wise in what they're doing, and and uh, I think uh, maybe that's the future where we're just going to have to really lose a lot of sleep about what we do. Or not. And don't or not. Uh, you so... Getting back to your question about what's going on with the, I don't know, the marketplace, I don't really know. I don't, I don't pay attention to um, prices of stuff whenever. I, all I know is Christmas is a great time to buy something and get a good deal. And, and uh, I don't know. It seems like uh, it seems like we've come out of the recession and people want to buy stuff and everyone's having a good time. I guess everyone's got yeah. jobs now, too. So. Well, $3 gasoline doesn't hurt. Oh, dude, we're at two fifty-five at one of our Arcos here in California. That's awesome. I just, I just sat and looked at it and just went, "Is it's probably been like twenty years since I've seen that." That's weird. <laughs> it's, it's been more than a decade. It's been a long time since two fifty-five gasoline. Yeah, it's and it just keeps going lower. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, you know, when America and uh, and OPEC get together to to beat up on Russia. And we're all, we're all benefiting. <laughs> yeah, and it's really not even us. I mean, Saudi Arabia is just doing it on their own. They're sick of Iran's shit, and they they don't want Iran to get nukes. And they're sick of uh, Russia's shit, and they're they're just kind of doing it on their own. We're we're just kind of a side benefit. Um, Venezuela's getting fucked. Brazil's getting fucked. Um, the uh, but do keep in mind, we are producing 100% of our oil use right now. 100% of American oil utilization is being produced on continent. Well, you know what the problem with that is right now, don't you? Is there a problem with that? Yeah. What is this? The problem with it is, and this is what wiped out the oil industry back in, what was it, the 80s? Yeah. Um, was the prices now dropped far enough where the investors and the people who are running those oil rigs in North Dakota, it doesn't make sense for them. There's a, I think someone was saying the price point where they take on losses is about $3, $3 per gallon. And so now they're getting screwed because by producing, they can't sell what they need to pay their costs. So the most of this is coming from shale oil and fracking. Yep. Uh, technology that Halliburton created. So is... You're saying that at a three dollar price point, uh, I don't. I don't know what it is exactly, and I imagine it's different for every investment uh, invested corporation and what they spend, you know, per well, et cetera, et cetera. But the overall, just the article that I'd read said that about three dollars was the was was the was the break even point for most of these this new generation of oil producers. See what people don't realize is. Is it's very profitable for them to make 
oil locally. They don't have to ship it from freaking the Middle East in giant tankers and, and then have it offloaded here and refined and everything. They uh, It's much cheaper to make it here. And so it's more profitable, but it's only profitable at the higher prices that people are paying. So once the price drops, you know, it's like, I don't know if you remember, uh, I think China, back when U.S. Steel was still in business, they started flooding the market with cheap steel just to put all the steel makers out of business, and they did. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's basically that game. So we're enjoying the prices, but the problem is, is there's going to come a point where, I guess, I don't know, whatever, Saudi Arabia is going to put Syria and and uh, is is or uh, Iran and and uh, Russia on the fence, which they're doing. the The ruble just dropped huge. People are now doing panic buying and uh, buying goods because prices are going up. In fact, you can't. They just like doubled or tripled an iPhone price over there. Um, but uh, uh, it's interesting that we're benefiting. Yeah, but the problem is, is it's going to put all those oil makers out of business up in North Dakota the further the price drops. And then what will happen is Saudi Arabia will have us in the balls again. But, you know, once they wipe those guys out. Yeah. Same thing that happened in the 80s pretty much. I mean, I remember going out to Vernal, Utah, and the oil business was huge out there, especially uh, coming in and out. And I mean, just the whole town was run by oil. And then... You know, we had the we had all the stuff going with oil and stuff. It just wiped the whole town out, wiped the whole industry out. And so, you know, it's just it's one of those things where we're going to win on one side, but then we're going to get screwed on the other. Well, that's the cycle of the market. It's an interesting even even government behavior is a part of the market. Yeah, I mean, um, if you look at it as a cyclical thing, but that doesn't mean much when I got to fill up my tank. <laughs> I'm just glad I don't drive an expensive car. I remember this lady one time she came in and to the gas station uh, and she had like one of those big uh, Chevy Cadillac uh, Cadillac uh, Suburban type things they used to be back in the day. Escalade. She had an Escalade. And she comes in and she's like, holy crap, $75 to fill up every other day. I'm just like, holy, well maybe she could get a cheaper car. Uh, <laughs> God Damn, $75 every day for gas? Um, that's insane. Get a Yugo. You know, um, it went over $4 a gallon for gas. I can remember, uh, you remember when hum, the H2 and yeah. the H2 Hummers, when, when Hummers were hot. I, I knew people in town that had Hummers, and I can remember seeing them on sale on the side of the road, you know, Hummers for like five grand, six grand. Yeah. Um, you know, these were $100,000 vehicles two years before that. And they were dumping them like bad habits. Well, they get like what four miles to the gallon or something. Uh, on a on a bad day, yeah, it's between four and eight miles the gallon. Yeah, yeah. And then depend upon your tires, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it's it was insane what we did, and we just go back through it. But I don't know. What can you say? It's a. Uh, I never did it, by the way. I, I went through a stage where I like driving trucks and I, I like driving your vehicles. And the first time, it when in the late '90s when the gasoline prices went up, um, I made a decision I wasn't going to be buying any more big vehicles. And everything I've had since then has been pretty efficient. I remember the I remember the first BMW I bought. 
I put like ten grand cash down and then had it on a three year lease. So my payments were like fourteen hundred bucks a month or something. I was trying to pay it off quicker so I could move up from a five to a seven. Um and and I pay like all this money for this fucking car. And I remember getting to the gas station and I was trying to shove the the regular pump thing into the hole and it wouldn't go in the hole. And I'm like, the fuck wanna go in the fucking what the fuck? And someone came out and they go, You have a BMW that runs on premium <laughs> and I'm like, Holy <laughs> shit, I paid all this money and now I gotta pay all this money in gas. It's holy <laughs> That was one of those aha moments you're like, oh, fuck. I filled up my wife's car last week, and it, it only runs on premium. Um, yeah. It didn't hurt that bad last week. Well, yeah, now. Jeez. <laughs> Six months ago, it would have been pretty painful. Yeah, I mean, we're technically 50% lower than where we were, I don't know, a year ago or whatever it was when it was normal. I don't pay much attention to gas prices, but, yeah, now every time I drive by a gas station, I'm like, Really? And what what have I gone back in time? It's like it's like it, and it's kind of funny. It's like how low can it go? I guess the Saudi Arabians really want to hurt the Russians and and the Iranians. They're sick of Iranian uh, Iran's BS. They're sick of the ISIS crap. Um, and so they're just like fuck everybody. We're just gonna dump the price and screw the world. So. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how it turns out, how they get their way. Yeah. All right. But, well, ain't toys. Toys. I don't know. Uh, oh, I've got the. Uh, I do have a really cool toy here. I've got the. Uh, the Hero this Four. Is the, this is the new Hero Four, and it's really cool. They've changed the kind of the features of it. Let's see. Show you in Hero Three, so you can see. They've kind of changed the upfront screen, of course. Here, taking away some of the lights. And then they've moved the, um, this has got a screen on the back, so, but they moved the battery to the bottom, which is interesting, uh, and probably much better. It's got a better hook to it, holds it together, better than trying to take it out of the back. Seems much more efficient and easy. Um, it's about the same size once you pull the screen off the back, so they didn't change much. What they did do is they put more in it so you can go to 4K at 60 frames per second, where the 3 Plus can only do 4K at, at uh, 15 frames per second. And we so not much different on the body design, other than the battery pack on the bottom, which I like a lot better. We, we should say that that's a GoPro. GoPro. GoPro Hero 4. Hero 4. And I, I heard that you went out and had some dinner and recorded some stuff on your... Yeah, it, it turned out really well. Um, the problem was the audio didn't come out really well because we were in a restaurant and you could barely hear us. But, yeah, we liked the audio. Um, one of the challenges, I, I really can't see it because I don't have a 4K monitor. I did some recording of the dogs, though, that I put up, and I've had my friends that have the IMAX and stuff and the 4K TVs, and they watched it, and they said it was just beautiful. And 60... Or, you know what, I, I may have said that wrong earlier. It's uh, 4K at 30 frames per second, not 60. That would be even better, but um, it's only it's only 30 frames per second. 60 is hard to do. It's pretty, though. Yeah, it's, a, I, I, it's really beautiful. I like what they did with it. 
It's very nice. Um, it feels, uh, it just seems to perform a little bit better. has a little bit different menu system when I have the background screen on it and it works through its menus. Um, seems like that could use some little software updating, but other than that, it's it's a rockin' powerhouse like, it, like it's been. I think they, they just get better and better with these things. And it probably helps that they're now public. But... It helps the lifestyle of the people who had stock, right? Yeah, no kidding. The battery's very different. So you've got... The battery's actually thinner than the old plus three batteries. So here's the four. Here's the three. You can see here it's actually thinner. Um, so what kind of life do you have on that battery? What, how long can you record video? Uh, I had it almost fully charged. I think it was about an hour and five minutes or something that I could do at 4K. Um, I think the lower you go in resolution, maybe the more time you could get out of it. But it was about an hour or so. Man, 4K is dense. That's a lot of that. That's a lot of pixel cap capture. Yeah. So more. Also about reasonable. Like, have you done some like uh? You know, 1024 or 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 1080. Um, I haven't. I you know, I've done it, but I, I I've never done like a time versus comparison between the things. Um, you know, part of it is your battery is really going to die eventually. Um, I I haven't looked up what the difference is in in the old batteries and the new batteries as to what they. I, I believe they did pack in more milliamp hours out of the out of the new batteries. Um, but I don't know. I got 1,290 milliamp hours on some third-party batteries I bought for the GoPro 4. Uh, I think the original one only has like 1,100 or something like that on it. Uh, yeah, 11. Is that, by the way, is that is that a um, lithium battery? Or is that one of those? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure these are lithium polymers. Palmer battery. Okay. It doesn't say on the on the other type of battery that I have from the three plus. Yeah, I, I really like the GoPro. They've done a good job of it, um, and uh, and everything else. Yeah, it's a it's a L ion uh, polymer battery pack with lithium ion. Uh, it does look like it's about the same milliamp hours. So basically, um, it's basically they've thinned it out. It's still maintained. Right about the same milliamp hours, which is pretty good considering I guess the way things are going, where everything's getting smaller. Cool. Yeah, very cool. Wow, they have a thing where you can uh, send that out and stuff. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, the uh, so what else do I have that's neat and interesting? I love the iPhone or the uh, Samsung Note Four. Um, the Asus Transformer book I've been playing with lately. I think I'm going to trade this, trade my iPad for this. This has been pretty cool. We've been doing their uh, program with the 100 Thoughtful Acts. You can go to 100thoughtfulacts.com and see that. This last four weeks we've been promoting it. Um, that's kind of cool. Um, it's a separate tablet. It's a tablet that separates, and uh, I don't see it here. Um, everything else, so... By the way, for those people that were that have not yet bought one, I, I keep bumping into people that are Verizon users, and they keep talking about buying the uh, iPhone 6 Plus. But 
This is <laughs> that's that's actually an iPhone six plus, but it is really big. I mean, for an iPhone person, that's my that's my mini, that's my iPad mini, and that's my six plus. And I don't use my mini anymore because I have one. Yeah, as soon as I went to the as soon as I went to the Note three and the Note two, um, it pretty much killed my iPad use. And it occurred to me just recently, like a couple weeks after iPhone 6 launched, that probably the whole reason that Apple has just kind of fought to not expand the phone is because they know it's going to cannibalize their iPad sales for the iPad mini and the iPad. I mean, the the iPad mini cannibalized the full iPad sales. So the iPhone 6 Plus is just going to eat it alive. I loved, I really, when I first got my iPad mini, I loved it for a little, like maybe a couple of days for reading. The apps are not that great still. And I would use it for reading, and it was a great reading utility device. Um, It was okay for like Flipboard or, you know, maybe for reading, going through Facebook. But, but apps on it, quite frankly, they're not as mature as they are on iPhone. i got to tell you, as a developer, um, I find developing for iPad after the Plus came out really unattractive because there's so many features and behaviors that you can develop universally for iPhones. And I know that people who really wanted a bigger device now have an iPhone Plus or will mm-hmm. soon. And I hate mm-hmm. to say it. I hate to endorse it because... As you know, I like to complain. I much prefer to find things I hate or dislike. But I've had the iPhone Plus, and you know, I had my iPhone 5, which is really old, um, my old 64-gig iPhone 5, and it was just acting up, and it wasn't behaving properly. The iPhone Plus, the, the 6 Plus, has been flawless. Yeah. Uh, and I did, I did get it right before the patch came out, the latest, uh, I think, 812. Runs like a champ, clean. I, I love the phone. Um, you know, I do have a complaint. The speaker on speakerphone is not loud enough. That's my only complaint. It's a good device. Yeah, it's a. It's not all that great when it comes down to it. Well, if you know, if you're on, this is an argument you and I will have on another podcast. But if you're on iOS anyway, if you're in the uh, the Apple ecosystem. Uh, which I'm partially beholden to because of what I do for a living. But um, it's a pretty good phone for an Apple product. You know, the the iPhone 5 and the 5S were not that great, and this is way better. I don't know. I had a good time with them. I I like my iPads. I mean, people always call me an iPhone or an Apple hater because I'm always bashing Apple. Um, And I'm usually just bashing them on behalf of the consumer that... You know, they should get something that they're paying for, extra for, actually. Um, but I love my iPads. I have great things with my iPads. So, anyway, I've got some uh, guys coming to the house here, so I'm going to have to wrap up with you, Jason. Cool. It's been a good talk, and we'll look forward to more podcasts with you, and we'll talk about more cool stuff. Tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs. Uh, JasonHacks.com is my uh, personal website. Links out to everything I do from there. All right, and be sure to give us a like, subscribe to us on the Chris Voss Show. You can even do fan donations if you want nowadays. Anyway, thanks for coming by, guys. We'll see you 
next time on the Chris Voss Show podcast. Uh...